This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Tuesday, December the 8th, 2020, and today marks the 40th anniversary of one of the most tragic moments in rock and roll history. December 8th, 1980. They got out of the car, out of the limousine, and walked into the archway area of the Dakota. Uh, Mr. Chapman came up behind him and called to him, Mr. Lennon, and then in a combat stance, he emptied the Charter Arms 38 caliber gun that he had with him and uh, shot John Lennon. New York City police were at the scene in a matter of minutes. They say the gunman didn't run. He was stoic, as one policeman described him after being taken into arrest. Lennon is said to have given the man his autograph earlier in the day. Lennon staggered into his apartment building after the shooting. Policeman James Moran, who was in the car that rushed Lennon to the hospital, told me Lennon was shot point blank. His shirt was red with blood. He was at best semi-conscious during the trip. Man, you wonder what could have been if that, you know, one interaction didn't transpire. Back December 8th, 1980, outside the Dakota in New York, John Lennon was shot and killed by Mark David Chapman, who, by all accounts, is a real dink. <laughs> yeah, to say it mildly. Yeah, like, just it? wanted to do something to put himself on the map. Well, he, uh, the story is that he uh, was agitated by uh, some of the things that John Lennon had said. And uh, one of those things was that the Beatles were bigger than Jesus. You know, that was a, a big scandal back in the day. Uh, he was from Hawaii, and he, for months, planned how he was going to assassinate John Lennon, shot him, sat down on a curb, uh, started reading Catcher in the Rye, waited for the police to come and get him. Hmm. That's, that's so messed up. It is. And... W- <laughs> Is this messed up? Currently up for auction, the high bid is $450,000 US, is the Double Fantasy album that John signed the night that he was killed for Mark David Chapman. Yeah, I guess it is. It is a piece of history. It's kind of messed right? up, but it's the last thing he likely signed ever. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a piece of history at this point. Yeah, it was a Monday night that John Lennon was shot and killed, and I'm not sure if many people realize that the the first person to break the news that John Lennon had been shot was Howard Cosell on Monday Night Football. I don't care what's on the line, Howard. You have got to say what we know in the book. Yes, we have to say it. Remember, this is just a football game, no matter who wins or loses. An unspeakable tragedy confirmed to us by ABC News in New York City. John Lennon, outside of his apartment building on the west side of New York City, the most famous, perhaps, of all of the Beatles, shot twice in the back, rushed to Roosevelt Hospital, dead on arrival hard to go back to the game after that news flash which in duty found we have to take frank indeed it is yeah that would have been a, a shocking uh, breaking news story yeah we were just talking about how chadwick boseman who died you know but not of being assassinated was the biggest news story of the year basically or one of the biggest tweets imagine if the one of the biggest celebrities in the world was assassinated yeah <laughs> crazy yeah just like that, gone, right? 
In the final years of John Lennon's life, he had sobered up, he dropped out of the music biz, and he was devoting his time to raising his son, Sean. Here's a, uh, a very cute moment between father and son. Do you need anybody? I need somebody to love. Very good. That's my favorite song. Who is saying I need somebody to love? You? Uh, Ringo, but Paul and I are singing with him. Um, what would you think? Uh, what's it called? I forgot what, what it's would called. you think if I sang in a song? Sang out of tune. Oh, a little help from my friends. That's what it's called. <laughs> Correcting all the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, his little kid singing, playing Name That Tune with his dad, John Lennon. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's so cool that your kid could be so into your own music. You know, that, that must be an amazing thing. Yeah. Well, what a what a milestone. 40 years since the world lost John Lennon. For our last number, I'd like to ask your help. For the people in the cheaper seats, clap your hands. <laughs> and the rest of you, if you just rattle your jewelry. <laughs> We'd like to sing a song called Twist and Shout. We'll sing it up, has been jammed with newspapermen and hundreds of dogs from all over the nation, and these veterans agree with me that the city never has witnessed the excitement stirred by these youngsters from Liverpool who call themselves the Beatles. Now tonight, you're going to twice be entertained by them. Right now, and again in the second half of our show, ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles! Well, you can't say You can be big-headed and say, yeah, we're going to last 10 years. But as soon as you've said that, you think, you know, we're lucky if we last three months. You know? So why on earth should I go? Because when I get you alone, you know I'll be We uh, were talking about Chuck Yeager. He is a legendary pilot. He passed away at age 97 this week. And, um, Jim, I found some audio here. He's the first pilot to break the sound barrier, which is crazy. We were saying, hey, do you think you'd be able to get in a plane and do something like that? If they said there's a good risk that you're going to die, but you will be the first if you accomplish the feat, would you be able to do it? Here's Chuck Yeager talking about that flight, the first time the sound barrier was ever broken. The flight itself went as expected. Uh, we'd been having a lot of trouble with fires in the tail of the airplane and igniters that wouldn't work. Fortunately, they all worked that day, and, uh, and we pushed the thing out. And really, uh, once we got the mock jump on the mock meter, we got our first sonic boom here, then it almost was a letdown, you know, if the damn thing didn't blow up. <laughs> It didn't make any difference to me whether the X-1 blew into a million pieces or not. 
See, because I couldn't do anything about it. So we have put it out of your mind. And you do that in combat. We realized that the so-called sound barrier really restricted us from going any faster. And once we got the F-1 above the speed of sound and smoked on out to Mach 2 and then beyond, so we realized, hey, this opens up the whole universe for us. So cool. Hmm. Oh. Sounds like the most badass man ever. Uh, yeah, what a stud, huh? Yeah. Had to put it out of my mind. That's good advice for everybody, right? When you can't control something. If you can't control it, hey, listen, I was in the jet. I was doing it. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I couldn't control whether or not it blew into a million pieces, so I just had to roll with it. True. The thing, the thing that keeps people up at night the most of the time is things they can't control, and they're just worried about it. Yeah. Let it go. Think of Chuck Yeager. Yeah, what would Yeager do? Why don't we talk sports? You want to talk sports, Jim? Let's do it. Let's talk sports. Right! Breaking news. Breakdancing is going to be an Olympic sport starting in the 2024 Summer Games in Paris. <laughs> this is hilarious. It's awesome. I, I do love breakdancing, so I'm not opposed to this. I do feel like it's not a sport, but I am looking forward to watching it. You think it's not a sport? It's as much as a, a, a sport as ice dancing, wouldn't you say? No, because the, like the skating is the sport. Well, have you ever spun on your head? Yeah, it's called dancing. <laughs> Never sober, but yeah, yeah. I've, I've tried it. I've spun on my back, always drunk, at a wedding. Dancing. I've never been like, hey, man, look at that guy. Look at that dancer. Man, he's a hell of an athlete. You haven't? You haven't Actually, seen a break maybe. dancer? Maybe look at how athletic that guy is. That's true, because they'll do backflips and... Hmm. It's going to be fun to watch. I guess it is also no different than the ribbon on the stick gymnastic stuff, <laughs> which is also an athletic feat, but to music and seems more like an art. Right. The ribbon stick. Yeah, if they can do ribbon stick at the Olympics, they should be able to do gymnastics. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Uh. But you, but it is amazing. Breakdancing is awesome. It's it's amazing to watch. Is it a bring your own cardboard situation, or will they have the cardboard laid out for them? (laughs) I hope it's some sort of uh, synthetic, you know, plastic or something that they can spin on just to reduce injuries. 54-year-old breakdancing uh, legend Richard Crazy Legs Colon is a little concerned that the passion will be sucked out of breakdancing and this just will focus on the technical moves. He says it goes beyond the moves. The passion and pain that goes through living through struggle is the essence of dance. You want to make sure that the soul of breakdancing isn't diluted. <laughs> As he starts popping and locking. <laughs> I mean, I guess there is a point to when you start judging art, it starts starts making it kind of vanilla. But I don't know. I feel like 
you, it'll push people to like break, you know, go to the next level and stuff like like snowboarding got way better once it became part of the Olympics. Right. Like it became way more dangerous, way more you know, well known, way more com- complex. You know, more moves were added. I'm assuming the same is going to happen to breakdancing. Breakdancing is going to be added as an Olympic sport. 2024 Summer Games in Paris. It joins climbing, skateboarding, and surfing. All making their debut in 2024. (laughs) Totally rad. (laughs) It must be a good time to buy music catalogs, man. We've been talking about this over the past couple of weeks. The Killers Mm -hmm. sold a big chunk of their music catalog. You had Taylor Swift's music catalog just got gobbled up. Uh, We were talking about uh, just this week, we were saying that Stevie Nicks, sold her music catalog for $100 million. Well, Bobby D heard that and said, hold my beer, Stevie Nicks. Bobby D? Bob Dylan just sold his music catalog to Universal Music for $300 million. Wow. (laughs) Holy cow. It's a deal, though. They got 600 songs, so that's $500,000 per song. Not that Bob Dylan is hurting for money by any stretch of the imagination, but I wonder if he wished he would have sold it when he was, like, 40. Jacob Dylan's got to be excited (laughs) to hear this news. (laughs) The Wallflowers are back, baby! You can drive it home. Uh, Yeah, $300 million. What are they getting for that money? Well, here's some of Bob's biggest hits. The answer is a blowing in the wind For oh, the times they are changing No, 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 it ain't me, babe I ain't gonna work on Maggie's farm no more Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me Just like a woman Like a rolling stone Everybody must get stoned Story of the hurricane. I'd also forgotten about Lay Lady Lay. Lay Lady Lay. That's worth it. 300 million. If you think about it though, 500,000 per song, some of the, those songs we just played are going to be the money makers, but mm-hmm. if they can utilize uh, the other songs and, and make money off those. Obviously, they thought it was a sound business investment, Universal Music, willing yeah. to cough up the cash. It's going to be interesting to see a lot of movie trailers in the next 10 years and how many include a Bob Dylan song. Yeah, that's true. For the longest time, Led Zeppelin didn't let uh, allow their music to be used in movies. Yeah. And the moment they did, it's like every movie trailer had good times, bad times, <laughs> or the immigrant song in it, right? I heard it was the School of Rock that uh, broke open the dam. Or the levy, if you will, for Led Zeppelin, but they got, I forget which Zeppelin song it was, but they got the kids from that movie to perform a song for Led Zeppelin to get the the Zeppelin guys to agree to let their music be used in that movie. And then they were cool with it. Yeah. They, they haven't sold their catalog yet. It's got to be worth some cash, eh? I would assume more than Dylan's. 
I well, I would think so. You know my thoughts on Bob Dylan. He's a legend. He's you know he changed the face of music, folk music, rock and roll. But one of the worst concerts I've ever seen in my life. I truly one of the only concerts I've got up and walked out of. Yeah, yeah. What happened again? Bob Dylan would not face the crowd at all. <laughs> He was like, I guess when you have $300 million <laughs> yeah. worth, of, worth of music, you don't have to look at the crowd, but... Mm-hmm. That's kind of performance art, though, too, is it not? You know, he's like almost playing a character who is... If he did face the crowd, would I even remember the concert? Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, it sticks out in my mind. He made one of my top ten lists. He's at the top of the worst <laughs> concerts I've ever been to. Memorable. But, sure am jealous of the guy. 300 million for Bob Dylan's catalog. And we need to address the Taz and Jim Facebook page because the comment section on one of our posts getting a little out of hand here. We were talking about this yesterday. We posted a funny uh, meme and it's a picture of some dishes on top of a dish towel on a countertop. And it reads life hack dudes. Just set out some clean dishes while my wife was away to make it look like I did something. I'm calling it a wife hack. Okay? Uh, so the guy put the dishes out, make it look like he did something. He wasn't just sitting on the couch playing PlayStation 5 the whole time his wife was out of the house. Funny. We thought it was funny, but somebody didn't, Jim. Uh, a few people, yep. Uh, one comment here. Or just do the cleaning in the first place. Or, uh, as far as I know, nothing would make wives happier than to have help around the house. Just saying. And then another person, Sarah, who got in a uh, 30 comment thread here, back and forth here. She goes, or men could stop assuming it's their wives' jobs to clean up after them. Realize that it's not the 1950s anymore. And being an equal partner instead of a sad man-child who can't look after himself. himself. Maybe you can explain the humor. Because all I'm seeing is tired stereotypes being trotted out over and over again. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> By the way, do you need to say it? It's it's a joke. This isn't a real thing. Uh-huh. It's somebody having fun. And by the way, the 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 criticism that it's a, wi- a wife's job to clean up in this fictional joke reality, there is the man is clearly expected to do dishes and clean up around the house as well, yeah. or else the joke wouldn't work. It says nothing about it being the woman's job to clean up. He's just trying to make it look like he did something while his wife was out. Yeah, and you can tell it's it's not sexist if you can flip the genders and the joke still works, because if it was a wife at home all day watching Netflix, she could put some stuff out too to make it look like... Whoa, hold on a second. Are you saying women watch Netflix all day, Jim? You sexist. (laughs) Or that women are expected to do the dishes, then a man comes home and the dishes aren't done, then he's mad? I don't know. Yeah, I always enjoy when uh, when people try to change the behaviors of the people that are are fictitious, and they just exist to set up a punchline. Yeah. It's a joke. Yeah, they want the to like correct. The joke doesn't work if you change the behavior. Yeah, yeah, like they're watching Mr. Bean. They're like, or he could have waited for a moving company to put the chair in the back of a truck and transport <laughs> it safely instead of putting it on the roof of his beetle and driving it with a mop through the window. 
Or maybe Clark Griswold could have asked for someone to hold the ladder for him while he puts up the Christmas lights. It's irresponsible and dangerous to climb a ladder by yourself. Or, or now maybe I'm the crazy one here, but or maybe those guys could have called the authorities and reported that Bernie had died instead of going to his cottage for the weekend. Did you ever think maybe that walking around with a dead body... At the beach isn't the most sanitary idea. <laughs> I love it too because in this comment thread, uh, this girl says, uh, you know, she doesn't like stereotypes, but then she fin- finishes it off by going, perhaps it's because the topic of lazy men not pulling their weight around the house is an all too real phenomenon that they don't find funny. That's a stereotype. It sounds like a stereotype. To I me. help a lot around the house, Jim. I'm sure you help a lot around the house. Just cleaned the shower yesterday. Right. It is saying that all men don't help around the house. How dare you? Or maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think I, I've heard enough. What's her name, Sarah? Mm-hmm. Here you go, Sarah. When they see that I hear. be better than everyone, but boy, do you sure act like it. And a movie trailer set the internet ablaze yesterday. <laughs> Many people saw this, thought it was a joke, but it's really happening. Now, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, in case you haven't heard of this or seen this, I'm not going to tell you any more. Let me play the audio from said movie trailer. Leave Jessica alone and skip town. He has a secret recipe that's going to change the world. Harlan claims to have some secret recipe. A secret recipe? <laughs> Spare me. We all have our secrets. If you marry my daughter, I promise there'll be more long weekends in your future. Mom, I have to tell you something. We have a problem. Secrets out, chicken man. I'll take care of this. Ruining everything! Just kill him already! Who the hell are you? Harlan Sanders, the new chef. Mario Lopez is Colonel Sanders in a recipe for seduction. Premieres December 13th at noon, only on Lifetime. Presented by Kentucky Fried Chicken. (laughs) Mario Lopez is Colonel Sanders. So clearly not a full-length movie. No, and I think that may be the only mistake they made. It's a mini-movie, 15 (laughs) minutes long. Uh, Just based on everyone's reaction... They could have done a full-length feature film. Sure. Possibly even released in theaters. Everyone's pumped for a recipe for seduction. <laughs> so, did you say, did he? Did the trailer say Mario Lopez? As Mario AC Lopez, A.C. Slater is playing Colonel Sanders. If you see the, uh, the poster for the film or the, the advertisement, Mario Lopez, he's got gray in his hair. He's got Colonel Sanders' signature... Goatee and mustache. Colonel Sanders apparently had quite the dramatic life uh, for real, Jim. I, uh, because he's so hot right now, obviously I did a deep dive on the colonel on the internet here. Mm-hmm. Did you know he once shot a man? Whoa. In Reno just to watch him die? <laughs> colonel Sanders uh, got in a, um, a shootout with a business rival. What? Uh-huh. He opened Was his... that Popeye's chicken? <laughs> <laughs> it was Popeye. He... Him, Mary Brown, and Popeye got in a... 
a Mexican standoff. Yeah. So his first chicken restaurant was in a gas station. And there was another gas station owner who was, it was something about painting signs. One of them didn't like that uh, they put up advertisements near the other gas station. Someone was painting over the other gas station's advertisements. And the the business rival shot and killed a man who was painting these advertising signs. And Colonel Sanders was there. He grabbed his shotgun. He returned fire. He ended up shooting the business rival just wounding him, didn't kill him, but clipped t- him. Clipped him with a good one. I don't know if that's going to be in the movie. But... <laughs> if it's not, what else happened in his life? <laughs> that's like the Wild West. How about this one? Did you know that Colonel Sanders lived in Mississauga, Ontario for decades? What? In 1965, Colonel Sanders moved to Mississauga to oversee his Canadian franchises and continued to collect. Franchise and appearance fees in Canada and the U.S. Sanders bought and lived in a bungalow at 1337 Melton Drive in the Lakeview area of Mississauga from 1965 to 1980. Wow. So he's part Canadian, basically. Pretty much. Yeah. Really blends into the snow with that white suit. (laughs) You don't see the colonel and his shotgun coming when you're in Mississauga. (laughs) You see that floating (laughs) black tie thing. (laughs) That's the last thing you're going to (laughs) see. Mario Lopez is Colonel Sanders. Secrets out, chicken man. Who the hell are you? Harlan Sanders, the new chef. Mario Lopez is Colonel Sanders in A Recipe for Seduction. Premieres December 13th at noon, only on Lifetime. Presented by Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah, you heard that correctly. Mario Lopez, Slater from Saved by the Bell, is playing Colonel Sanders in this Lifetime mini-movie. We asked you guys, uh, is Colonel Sanders the sexiest fast food mascot? (laughs) And we've we've got some replies to that, Jim. Yeah, yeah. My wife probably thinks the Hamburglar is the sexiest because convict movies turn her on. She likes the bad boys. Yeah. The Hamburglar is... Is for her. It's got to be the plastic Burger King man. I love a man with authority, and he's got a great smile. Yeah, super creepy. No, that his face never moves. One facial expression. And there's that one commercial that was around a couple years ago where he creeps into the window and his big head just floats in. Yeah. Disturbed me a lot. Almost like Michael Myers, right? Big time. Real Michael Myers vibe in that commercial. Yeah, the stationary face that never moves. Yeah, don't like it. I wouldn't mind an orgy with those five guys, burgers, and fries guys. <laughs> <laughs> if they're as generous with their lovemaking as they are with their fries, I think you're in for a treat. <laughs> the five guys, do you know what they look like? I've never seen the five guys. I think it's just fingers crossed, you know? Yeah. yeah hopefully it'll be good. You're going for quantity, not quantity. <laughs> quality when you have an orgy with the five guys mm-hmm. um uh, grimace here's a good one grimace is looking better than ever you know the badonka donks are all <laughs> the rage right now yeah got a real pear shape going <laughs> curvy yeah that thing when it moves just, it, just his milkshake it's like... brings all the boys <laughs> to the yard <laughs> yeah who's left <laughs> this one, how old is Wendy? 
Okay, if you I have know, to ask, yeah. then maybe stay away. She's too young for don't you, bro. don't ask Wendy where's the beef, or you're going to end up <laughs> in a jail cell. <laughs> this isn't a fast food mascot, but here's one from Arlene says, "I always found Chester Cheetah sexy." Really, the Cheetos mascot, <laughs> Chester Cheetah. He seems like he'd be like a fun guy. Like you'd meet him at a bar, and then you find out. Yeah. Or maybe you'd go down like a real dark path with them, like a drug path or something. Your family's wondering why you got why you got uh, bright orange dust around your nostrils all the time. <laughs> if we're talking about if we're expanding from from fast food um, mascots, can I just share my my one who, who's I've always had a crush on Taz? Who's that? The sun made raisin girl. She's the hottest, the hottest mascot in the food world. She's By far, good looking lady. By far. Always thought she was cute. Well, that explains why you got all those raisin boxes next to the bed, Jim. <laughs> I can't throw them out. <laughs> raisin something, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so it's happening over in the UK. British health authorities have rolled out the first doses of Pfizer's widely tested and independently reviewed COVID-19 vaccine. The first person... To get the vaccine outside of the clinical trials was a 90-year-old woman named Margaret Keenan. Here she is talking to the press after she got the needle in her arm. I, it hasn't sunk in yet. I, took, I can't really answer that question yet. It's just really, I, I, I don't know what to say. Why are all these people in my doctor's office? <laughs> What's with the cameras? Aren't we supposed to be socially distancing? I know I got my shot, but am I in the clear now? <laughs> Hold on, it hasn't sunk in yet? <laughs> the vaccine was supposed to sink in within the first two seconds. Give me another one. Other arm. <laughs> Margaret, hey, good. She's looking good for 90, man. Good for her. Maybe it's because I'm getting older. <laughs> Now that I'm in my 40s, it's yeah. like people who are 90 don't look as old as they used to, and people who are in their 20s yeah. look like they're children. Yeah, yeah. When you type in cougars <laughs> in your search engine, they just look like your friends now. Hey, Granny. <laughs> uh, yeah, Margaret got the, the vaccine. They're going to continue to give out their doses. Uh, first 800,000 doses are going to people over the age of 80 who are either hospitalized or already have outpatient appointments scheduled along with nursing home workers. So they're really doing what they can to protect their elderly over in England. Now, here in Canada, we're getting some vaccine next week, but not much. 249,000 doses of the Pfizer vaccine is going to be delivered before the end of the month to, to Canada. Hmm. That's a, that's a damn quick turnaround. Who's going to get it first? Who's it? I'm assuming the elderly as well and the people at risk. Yeah. Yeah. You know the queen probably skipped the line over there in the UK, right? You think so? Yeah. Well, Do you she think fit, she skips the line or does she wait for the kinks to be worked out? You know, is the queen, should she be on the front line of the first vaccine though? Yes. Just in case. No, it's been tested, man. Why? It's for 96%. <laughs> Uh, are you not going to get the vaccine, Jim? I w- I mean, I I guess I guess we have to. I don't know. I don't think I have a choice. Like my girlfriend is technically immunocompromised, so I'm in a, I, you know, to keep her safe, I will do whatever is necessary. Okay. You know. So in that case, be honest. 
but so you can get action, you will do whatever you need to do. Why does a man do anything? <laughs> but if she to wasn't, keep her safe, yeah, just it, so she'll touch me. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will definitely <laughs> get the vaccine. If she wasn't in my life, I don't know if I would right away. Yeah, I well, I I have asthma too, and I have uh, you know a couple things that I'm concerned about. I don't want to get COVID, so I'm going to yeah. get the vaccine. It's just, I don't I don't blame anybody for being a little nervous. Like I don't like the term anti-vaxxer when it comes to this one because like it's been so quick. Like I, I think you have the right to go. Wait a sec. Like I I trust that it could be good. Okay, but... I've been out with you on a Friday night, and I've seen the things that you will put into your body. Yeah, but that was through trial and error. I've done it a million times, so I yeah. know what I'm capable and of. Now, but now, oh no, I'm scared of the vaccine. Okay. Maybe if they started ministering it outside of a bar at 2 o'clock in the morning on a Friday night, Jim, then you'll be... <laughs> You're acting like I'm doing heroin on the streets. <laughs> Come on. Then you'll be up for it. I'll take... Hey, shots at a bar is different than shots at the old vaccine lab. I don't care. Yeah, that's what they need to do. They need to set up a little stand next to the street meat vendor outside. <laughs> <laughs> outside of the bar. Everyone yeah. gets a free hot dog if they get the vaccine. Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, and we'll keep talking.